Last December, the National Park Service announced the formation of a law enforcement liaison program as part of a joint initiative with NHTSA. John Hughes was named the first NPS LEL. A 29-year veteran of the NPS and chief ranger of Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas, Hughes is building a program from the ground up. He and Dan Whitcomb, a U.S. park ranger with the Blue Ridge Parkway, sat down with us at this year's Lifesavers Conference to discuss what led to the creation of a federal LEL position, the initial reception he has received from his peers in the LEL field, the challenges of building an LEL program among diverse entities and at a national scope, and how we'd like to see the program develop in the coming years. Well, I've been with the, uh, I've been in federal law enforcement for 28 years, and prior to getting on with the National Park Service in their law enforcement capacity, I was a state trooper. That's where I originally started out in law enforcement, and then I switched over to the federal group and then with the Park Service and the U.S. Forest Service for 28 years. Were you involved in the development of the LEL position, or do you know what led into it? Yes, there had been some uh, extensive research that had been done over the uh, past several years with NHTSA and the Park Service. They had selected several parks throughout the country that they had looked at and they specifically looked at driving while impaired programs and they uh, compiled data and so forth statistics from crashes and they realized at that time there was a definitely a need to put all of our efforts together to try to combat impaired driving in the national parks that it was definitely a problem. So when did this officially kick off? It officially kicked off December 14th of 2014. That was my first day on duty and we have been uh, trying to get everything organized and get the program up and rolling ever since. How has the initial reception been? It's been very good. I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback from the field. It's all positive. It's unbelievable the amount of emails that I get. People wanting to take part in the program. People wanting more information. They're wanting to know what they can do, how to join on, what to take part in, what to do. It's just amazing the positive feedback that I'm getting. How large is the law enforcement network within the National Park Service? We have approximately 1,500 law enforcement officers, but that fluctuates. Obviously, we get up to about 2,000 in the summer, and that's when we uh, typically hire our additional staff. We hire people to come out and help in the parks, law enforcement officers, in the, uh, the busy summer months to augment the uh, current staff. And this is across the entire country? Yes, that is correct. So there will be some facilities, some park units that don't actually have a law enforcement program, but we have a little over 200 active law enforcement programs. How is, as of right now, the law enforcement liaison program structured? Right now I'm assigned to the Washington National Park Service office. My uh, supervisor is out of Washington and I work directly for him. You know, my duty station is New Orleans, Louisiana, but I answer to Washington. I have a liaison, if you would, throughout the country. Each region has a liaison that works directly with me. I'll give the information to them, I'll work back and forth with them, and they kind of reach out to the field. They get feedback from the field. If I have a training coming up or a conference coming up, I reach out to the liaisons and they reach out to the field. They're kind of out in the field with all the parks. At the same time, we also have steering committee that we've just developed. It just kicked off last week and we now have a nine-person steering committee and that's made up of park service officers throughout the country and they'll be able to look and talk to the officers on the, on the roads and out in the field, get feedback, what's happening, how are we doing, how's the program working out, how's the training going and then they, they put together uh, recommendations they send that up to me and then I forward on that up to Washington. What traffic safety programs have been in place? Now? Well typically in the past each park pretty much had done their own type of program. Well, a lot of our parks are just significantly different from each other. We have mountainous parks, we have seashore parks, we have historical parks and so it's all, all a little bit different but historically 
the chief ranger who is the law enforcement supervisor in each park will design or develop a safety enforcement program for that park. And like for certain parks, uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, where they have a lot of highways through the park, they will do checkpoints and saturation patrols. And then other places where we have like uh, spring break, we have beach parties, Padre Island, Gulf Islands, National Seashore, they'll be out there trying to you know, maybe prevent the kids from getting in the car after they've been partying all day on the beach. So it just depends on what type of park you're in and where in the country you're at as to what type of program they typically have. And what do you think some of the biggest challenges are for being in LEL with such a wide geographic? The, the, the challenges that I see right now are how do I reach out to each park, how do I reach out to each state, and I'm working on it. It's just taking a lot of time and there's a lot of speed bumps along the road, if you would. But it's hard when you've got parks way out in Alaska or uh, remote Arizona or New Mexico, they only have one or two officers working. How do they get their program together? And then you've got other parks where you have 30 and 40 officers working at a time. So it's just the challenge is just trying to tailor something to each park's needs, getting the word out. I hear a lot of times from folks where they're not getting messages from my office, they're not getting information. So the challenges are to make sure everyone gets the information and just to try to get all the parks on board. Some parks, their administration are not really 100% supportive of their staff getting out and doing checkpoints and saturation patrols and doing high visibility law enforcement. So it's trying to convey to those folks how important it is and how they should be out there because it does save lives. What are your initial priorities for the program? Well, initial priorities are is basically, like I said, getting a steering committee together, getting the, the regional liaisons in, in order so that we can start funneling the information out into the field. We've developed a website that allows the parks to tap into, that they can get resources, they can get in touch with their local law enforcement liaison, they can request training, or they can get manuals or SOPs or draft special ops plans so they can start putting together their own operations so they can start getting this program up and running from a local level. But right now, we're, we're moving right along. Like I said, we've got our liaisons in place, our steering committee is in place, our website's up and running now. So we're just moving along with that at this time. Do you have any vision or thoughts about what you'd like to see the program develop into in the long run? Yes, right now we've got approximately 82 parks that have signed on to the program. And with about 200 parks having a, an active law enforcement program, I would like to see that number get up to 200. If we can get all the parks on board, if we can get all the parks, you know, buying into what we're doing, I think that'll be my long-term goal. That'll be awesome if we can get that to where it actually happens. What do you think that you'll be able to get out of any association or participation with the National Law Enforcement Liaison Program? Well, actually, the National Law Enforcement Liaison Group has been phenomenal. I've reached out to uh, approximately 10 of them already different states throughout the country that have uh, that I've had issues come up with and they've reached out to me and welcomed me on board but I've been able to reach out to them and ask them for assistance and they've put me in touch immediately with the right person they pointed me in the right direction and most of that's been to do with uh, training some, for some of our officers who needed training they put me in touch with the training person or with the uh, courts and the district attorney's offices where we've had issues with uh, getting cases prosecuted we do have approximately six states that refuse to accept a federal DWI conviction or a federal DWI refusal. And so uh, they've been working with me on that where we uh, submit our information to them after one of our officers makes an arrest and they refuse to accept it because it came from the federal level. So I've been working with them on that as well and they've been helping me and putting me in touch with the correct people. Finally, is there anything that you wanted to add that I didn't ask? No, <laughs> just that uh, how excited I am to be able to work with your group and to, uh, to have your LELs on board and to be able to reach out to them because as time goes on, we are constantly uh, evolving to where we'll need to tap into their resources and how appreciative I am of them being there for me and being able to 
to reach out to us and work with us. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Dan Whitcomb is a U.S. park ranger with the Blue Ridge Parkway. He spoke with us about the staffing challenges some NPS law enforcement agencies face and how the new LEL position will help NPS law enforcement officers on the ground. Can you talk specifically about what some of the challenges you found with traffic safety along the Blue Ridge Parkway and also how large of an area you cover? Our district is approximately 116 miles long. At full staffing, we can hope to have six field rangers patrolling that. With, with the high level of turnover that I've experienced in the, in the Park Service, with rangers moving between jobs and other rangers retiring, the staffing can get very low and you know, it's, it's not abnormal for, for three rangers to have to cover that, that long distance. So that's one of our major challenges. Another major challenge is that being a department of three to six rangers, we are expected to carry out a range of different law enforcement duties that are carried out normally by a large department. We have many things that are taking us away from the roadway. So, uh, so any, anything that, that can facilitate our, our efforts on the road you know, certainly makes things much easier for us uh, in terms of access to training and uh, organization of, of, our, of our broader program. When you say that you're doing the parkway, how far does your jurisdiction extend off the roadway itself? Does it actually go down into the park itself or? It does. In fact, that's, that comprises a, a, big, a big part of our, of our duties. The parkway boundary can be 100 feet off of the center line, or it can be half a mile off the center line. And, uh, we've got to patrol all of that boundary against en en encroachment issues, poaching violations, misuse of the resources, people taking the park and, uh, and, and making it into what they want to without anybody knowing or having permission. So that takes us off of the road as well and, and makes us spread even more thin on the road itself. The Blue Ridge Parkway is highly visited, really, at all times of the year, but even more so during the fall. And when you have such a high volume of traffic, what are some of the biggest violations that you come across or problems that you come across when you're enforcing during busy season? Well, certainly there's a lot of speeding violations out there. Um, the visiting public isn't always focusing on the speed limit or traffic safety. They're concerned with the scenic beauty of the of the parkway. So they're not, they're not always focusing on the road. We have a lot of motorcyclists visiting the parkway. This becomes a big problem when they're concerned about the end of the long day. They're, they're trying to get to a spot where they're camping or, or to their hotel. They've been riding several hundred miles and are fatigued, maybe speeding up to get there before the sun goes down or, or to beat a storm or something like that. There are a lot of distractions out on the parkway. Another big thing is that it's a, a multi-use environment. We've got bicyclists, walkers, runners, hikers, horseback riders. All of those uh, user groups are on the roadway at the same time as your high volume of visitors and especially in the uh, the areas where the parkway passes through an urban environment with your with your impaired drivers that's a a big problem having an impaired driver in an environment uh, where there are so many different user groups on the roadway can be a, a, a bad thing so what resources or trainings do you need to help the officers who are doing the traffic safety patrol, doing other enforcement activities? What would be helpful for you to have to make their job easier or clearer? I think every officer out there ought to be proficient uh, in standardized field sobriety testing, ought to be proficient in uh, advanced roadside impaired driving enforcement, the A-RIDE program. 
it would be helpful to have a DRE access to a, a drug rec recognition expert. In, in our urban environments, also in our rural communities, uh, we're seeing a lot of, of drug use on the parkway, a lot of drug-impaired drivers on the parkway in addition to the alcohol impairment. So I think it's uh, of utmost importance that our officers are as highly trained as they can be in impaired driving enforcement. And how do you hope having an NPS-led LEL program will help you in the work that you do? By providing access to those to those trainings, making sure that the uh, the rangers in the field are aware of developments in the field of impaired driving enforcement, you know, new case law, new new developments in technology, and also by uh, helping to remove some of the obstacles that we experience in uh, in prosecution of our cases. As John mentioned, sometimes uh, the courts will not accept our DUI cases, and it puts rangers in a difficult position at times. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.